0: Warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for the film, Mandy.
1: We're just okay and we play some movies, we're just okay. Movie watchers.
0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Just Okay Movies. I'm your host Biggie
1: Sides and I'm joined by... Oh, spent all his budget on red light bulbs, Guido. Guido, how are you doing, man? I'm good, how are you? Dude, I'm
0: doing pretty good and I am... Oh, I've got good news to report... Oh. I finally finished Justice League, Ugh. and the other half is just as bad as the beginning half. Yeah, and that movie is—I—I sh- I almost thought about wanting to do a review of it, but I'm happy we didn't because there's not much to say other than it's crap and it looks cheap. Yeah, and does. no one Cyborg looks like, horrible. Oh yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Ben Affleck didn't look like he even wanted to be there, which it kind of looks like he may have not have wanted to be there. And uh, behind the scenes, looks like he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. Uh, I mean, the only okay part was uh, Superman, just because he kind of hammed it up a little bit. It was okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's it, what it needed more of. What a shame. And now DC's doing all a bun- bunch of weird shit with just... Retconning everything, it seems. Henry Cavill's out; he's not going to be Superman right. anymore. They got that whole new Joker movie, which uh Joaquin 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 Phoenix <laughs>
0: <laughs> go with it. <laughs> could, is it is it Joaquin? It doesn't Joaquin? look like Joaquin how it's Yeah, yeah. I think it's Joaquin.
1: Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be Joker, um, which. Whatever, okay. In his own movie, and they're going. It seems like they're going dark back to Nolan verse, kind of shit with that. I like, but then again, Wonder Woman's still coming out, and and it's gonna take place in the eighties or nineties or whatever. And uh, it's just it's all fucking ass backwards, man. They need to fix that shit. Just stop everything and come up with a plan, DC
0: right right it's just it's all such a mess it it feels like such a mishmash of of concepts I know a lot of it has to do with Warner Brothers meddling with the filming and and changing stuff on the fly and I don't know how often that even happens in in Marvel but you don't really all the films feel cohesive even the ones that are not so great still feel cohesive and like they're a part of this bigger story they're trying to do and I, I think Warner Brothers they just need to come down to a decision. Either you're going to have a cinematic universe or you're just going to do one-offs and you've got to stick with it. And really at this point they need to just do one-offs or like isolated trilogies, like what the Nolan films did and all that stuff that might be more in their wheelhouse and just completely forget about the cinematic universe and, you know, get people who are really good and stylish like Nolan or, help grab Tarantino I mean grab anybody and just say we want to make a really good superhero film it's going to be its own thing you can make a series but make it cohesive
1: it doesn't matter on who makes it you need that person at the top like Kevin Feige over at Marvel that has the big picture that's like okay we're going to have different people write scripts and and do you know make the movies direct um but I, you come to me, you clear it with me because I have the big picture. Here's the outline. Now you fit it into my outline. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. Sure.
1: And they that don't have sense. that. It just seems like they're like, okay, now you get Wonder Woman. You get uh, Aquaman. Um, you, hey, go take this Joker IP and, and make something out of people like Joker. And it's just all over the place. It doesn't seem like there's a plan.
0: Right. I agree. And, you know, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe Nolan's to blame in part of it. Because, I mean, if you if you look at a DC film, I would say, I, I guess I would say Dark Knight is the pinnacle of any DC film that's probably been ever made. I think there's a strong argument for that. It's just a solid film. Not even that it's a Batman film or anything, it's just a solid film on its own. Which is the same thing I would say about Infinity War. Outside of uh, here superhero films and everything it's just a good movie and Nolan's just a decent filmmaker he's not not the best but he's good he can make a good movie and i feel like they went into making these films first thinking okay we're gonna make a cinematic universe but then they didn't focus on actually making a good film it's just it's gonna be in this universe and people are already going to be invested and i just don't think it's panned out it's yeah. they, they didn't as what like what you said, there wasn't a clear goal. There wasn't a clear, OK, we're going to make a good, you know, I mean, I guess Wonder Woman was decent. It's probably the only good one out of all of these. But, you know, Suicide Squad was crap. Uh, Wonder Woman TV, Superman is OK. Was crap. Like
1: people gave it way too much credit.
0: Oh, sure. I think people are <laughs> just shocked that it was actually watchable compared to everything else. But that yeah, doesn't mean it was and great. It
1: was a woman superhero, I think, got. Uh, allowed people to give it a pretty much a big pass
0: right right i agree and i mean that's the same thing i we've kind of said about uh black panthers i just don't think it was that grave a film but people really look to that character as enjoying that character and and his plot and everything that's good go for it but uh but yeah i I agree wonder woman kind of i think it was more like oh they actually made something that was watchable oh that means it's great. And that's no, no, it's still not a great film at all. There's just, it was actually competently made. And that's like the bare minimum of being an actually okay film. Yeah. But, uh,
1: but yeah, they should, you know, uh, they should go back and go with their original plan and get my, our boy, Nicholas Cage in there as, as the uh, Superman.
0: Why not? You know, yeah. Nicholas Cage, I have a love of him. Like I just I love him as an actor, not because he's necessarily good, but he is truly unique as an actor. Like I, I can't think of anyone like, you know, think like Chris Pine. I mean, he's just kind of a typical white guy. You know, you could kind of fit any film he's in. You could put someone else in there and probably wouldn't have that much of an effect. But Nicolas Cage, like if he's even him kind of bullshitting his way through the film, he's still kind of iconic in just being completely awful. But he could also be very, very good, like raising the Arizona or or any other film. Uh, uh, you know, he he can be excellent. And he could be really bad, but either way, it's very enjoyable. Wh- whichever yeah, he, side he, of the coin you get,
1: he pulls off crazy really well, and he manages to fit that in even when the character doesn't call for it.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like he always feels a little off, just right. just enough where you notice it. I don't know. Maybe it's his look. He's, he's got a very unique, uh, face. So maybe that's why, or his mannerisms, just the way he talks, but he always feels a little off in every role. And that just makes it wonderful. And I guess that segues in pretty well with what we're going to be talking about today, unless you got to watching anything interesting or, uh, no, lately, man, I'm you know. here to
1: talk about one movie and one movie only.
0: Yes, sir. We are talking about Mandy and, I think both Guido and I have been very excited for this movie, uh mainly because it looks so different and looked looked a lot of fun. I'd say all the trailers, the uh pictures of the sets and everything that's come out about this film I mean it hasn't really been blown you know the I don't think a ton of people know about the movie, but it's gotten some press mainly because it felt like a a movie that Nicholas Cage didn't want to shoot himself in the face. Uh, and and actually wanted to do it, you know, actually get involved. And uh, I guess this is also a movie you kind of get two sides of uh, Nicolas Cage in, in the same film. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, just the, the the synopsis. I guess, what's the story about? And we could probably sum it up very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Nicolas Cage's wife gets stolen by some cultists and killed, and Nicolas Cage goes out to get revenge. That's... That's the entire story. (laughs) There's nothing really else going on. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. You can go a little bit deeper in that a bunch of drug fueled, uh, hipster cultists kidnap, uh, Nicholas Cage's wife. Actually, not even them. A bunch of drug fueled, hipster (laughs) cultists hire some demonic drug fueled uh, cultists to kidnap Nicolas Cage's wife. And then Nicolas Cage then becomes drug-fueled and goes and gets revenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's definitely going a little further in on the story. That's very true. Lots of you gotta, drugs.
1: You got to hammer home the drug-fueled. That is true. That everybody is, a big is part. fueled by drugs, except... No, even the fucking lady that gets kidnapped is fueled by drugs. <laughs> yeah. There's not a single person in this movie except for Mac from Predator who isn't full of drugs. Do you remember and Mac? What are those drugs? Um, It was acid. It was like a concentrated dose of acid.
0: And a little bit right? of coke.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's one scene where coke. he
0: just like scar faces his face. Face into some coke and yeah which is a great, great
1: scene um but that's where
0: knife dick shows up
1: they really took their time setting the stage at the beginning of the movie uh of like hmm. saying of trying to show how much nicholas care nicholas cage cares about his wife right because yes that he has they have that weird moment at the beginning of the movie everything in this movie is weird especially the setup process. But there's a weird long moment where he, Nicholas cage gets home from work and then goes to his wife, kisses her on the back of her head. Cause he's standing over while she's sitting down and then uh, she's drawing and he's like, Oh wow. Those uh, drawings are really beautiful. And then the camera lingers on them for a very long time. And it's a lot of that. It's a lot of her talking about how fucked up her childhood was or uh, just the camera staying and watching and waiting for Nicolas Cage. It was just them batting us over the head of like, they're really close. They are married. They love each other. That's what I felt like.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree. I try, it's hard to capsulate the style of the film. Uh, I, the best way I can explain it, and if you've seen any of these films, you'll have kind of an idea. It's like a mix between the film uh, Only God Forgives, in the way that it's long shots, very colorful shots of kind of stories happening kind of silently, small sentences. It's more like the emotion that the characters are feeling in the scene and the um, setting they're in, kind of telling the story. Mix that with like more of a grindhouse kind of uh, real rough uh, filming, you know, a lot of shaky cameras at, at parts, you know, cameras real, uh, I guess you could say guerrilla style filming at certain parts with how the camera's positioned, which is great for those scenes, but it's very stylized. Uh, Like what Guido's talking about with those scenes, the camera's kind of just focused in on them. It's silent. They're maybe saying like two to three sentences. And yeah. a lot of it's very like, I saw this in my dream yeah. or things like that. And Nicolas Cage isn't saying anything. <laughs> He's just kind of standing there.
1: <laughs> Nicolas Cage has probably, and I'm not lying. He probably has about nine lines in this movie.
0: You're not lying. He barely <laughs> talks. And if he does, it's about four words. Right. In in the sentence. Like it's you're, you're not getting really any kind of dialogue. That's why the settings and the the music and the atmosphere, especially the color, are kind of help depicting what's going on in the story. And uh, so very, very stylized in, in that aspect. Which I, I felt loved. That I, I thought were, it was refreshing.
1: There were two very different tones to this movie. And it's almost pretty much at the halfway mark uh, where they switch. And the first bit, it feels, it feels like you're watching a dream. You know, it feels like, like Mm -hmm. that, like someone just went to sleep and they're like, they, they came to you and they said, biggie size, we got a new machine here. Watch this. Watch. We hooked it up to this person that's sleeping. Watch it watch this television it's what they're dreaming right now
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then the second half just turns into a complete like grindhouse kind of gore fest yes and it's it's a weird tonal shift but it it's almost it's it comes at pretty much the right time that it needs to come in that movie which is Agreed. is good, but it's a lot of. So after they set the after they set the stage of them really caring about each other, it introduces the the cult, which they just drive by this lady Mandy, who uh, isn't anything special, <laughs> except one pupil is really giant. Did you notice that? Yes,
0: that is true. Uh, I was trying to figure out like her face. Like it's, I mean, she's, she's not.
1: uh, She's not unattractive. yeah. No,
0: but she looks like she's been beat to death like 15 years ago. And it's (laughs) kind of recovered. (laughs) Like, and, and maybe her eye got like pulled out or something. She is very unique in how she looks and it works beautifully.
1: Yeah. Um <clears throat> but uh they just drive past her this cult of weirdos. Uh drive past her and look at her. And then it goes to another scene where uh what you're you assume is the cult leader he's laying on a bed and a lady an older lady is t- asking him what she can do for him. Like i very just setting the tone that he's the one in charge. This lady worships him. She wants to do whatever she can to make him happy. And he's, he's going through this diatribe, like everything that the cult leader says is just incoherent babbling. To the point where I tune out. Like, if I can't understand what you're trying to what you're talking about, I'm not going to fucking listen. You know,
0: that scene went on a little longer than it should have. That's probably one of the weaker
1: parts. Yeah. Yeah. But he he decides that <clears throat> what he needs is that girl that they drove past for no reason. There's no rhyme or reason. He's just like, I feel naked. I need to get that girl. Right. Or am I missing? That's something? right.
0: That's it. No, no. He uh talks with, I guess, it's kind of. <coughs> girl that likes him the most like it, it's a creepy cult just imagine any creepy cult and you, you'll you have an idea what's going on here not much different than any other film that has us you know people like this in it you know he's got like two or three ladies that he just kind of bones because he can and like uh, three little henchmen guys who kind of do his bidding one's the smart one the other ones are idiots that whole setup we're all used yeah. to that so the girl or at least the main old lady doesn't like this idea because she loves him the most but he just wants to get down with another chick because he thinks it's his his right to do so ordained by God to take this woman and fuck her. So that's kind of how the whole scene goes. So, no, no, there's really no other reason other than he believes he's ordained to do so.
1: So he uh, takes to his uh, prophet, I guess, uh, Brother Swan. And gives him the ocarina of time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought the same thing like, Oh my God.
1: And, uh, he's like, Hey, go get her. And, uh, he goes in a van with a few other henchmen. Oh, he's like, well, maybe we can pay him with the porker. He says, because there's a fat guy who doesn't look like me at all. Uh, that (laughs) that's with the group. And he suggests giving them that fat guy, whoever them is as payment. So it goes to a van and he blows into the ocarina plays a little tune. And then they sit and wait. And sure enough, what at this time you're, you see them roll up on ATVs and motorcycles dressed in gimp suits. One of them looks like he has spikes coming out of them. One of them has like a beak for a head. uh, Just, Dressed in all gimp leather These guys And one of them has like a No face kind of shield Thing on where like he has No facial features but it looks like it's Melded to his his skin It's Metal as fuck All of them look super cool But they show up After the ocarina gets played And uh, He Brother Swan apparently gives Them the job of going to grab Nicholas Cage's wife, who they saw walking down the road the other earlier in the morning or whatever. And they demand payment. So he gives them a jar and you don't know it at the time. It's just a jar full of shit. It looks like, right?
0: <clears throat> well, to me, I thought it was blood. I don't know why, but I just thought, Yeah, it was- I
1: know. I thought it was blood too, because they were like, they're going to demand a blood payment. Right. That's what he said. But they they were talking about the fat guy. <clears throat> so, but they give him a jar of something and you don't know what it is. But uh, you find out later in the movie what it is. But uh, <clears throat> they take it and they're like, they're just like, okay, we'll go do it. They don't say it with such a pleasant voice. But uh, yeah, they, they end up uh, going to take Mandy. And it's a, this is probably one of the
0: better scenes. It's real fascinating. I will back up just a hair. The movie sets these characters up really interestingly, without saying much, because uh, she, she kind of has some dreams and like some, I don't know if you want to call them visions. I'm not sure how you would interpret it. But she really loves reading science fiction. And she likes drawing science fiction stuff, like the, the crazy stuff. And... uh she kind of has these visions like they're, they're coming to get her or all these things are happening. When you see these characters pull up, you kind of think they're aliens. I mean, they do not look human at all. The way they act, uh, the way they sound. I mean, even give them that jar of whatever it is. Like, they just do not seem human. So it kind of sets this neat... Uh, atmosphere when they come and get her because it kind of feels like an alien invasion you know they're coming to grab this woman and take her away so the whole scene plays out like some paranoia uh, alien abduction scene it's so well done
1: i felt that 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 the kidnapping scene almost went on just a hair too long
0: sure sure i could agree Uh, with that
1: and it was a lot of strobe lights it was a lot of Nicholas Cage and Mandy on the ground, face down, looking at each other while uh, strobing light is showing these demon-like figures grasping at them, and then the fat guy getting pulled away.
0: that part was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) yeah steel shot he's like leaning up against the window for some reason (laughs) like just a small little window and you just see him like shoot his hands back and like go like the no face "Ah!" into the darkness (laughs) that was kind of comical uh didn't fit with the scene at all but i agree they kind of it's real creepy i will have to say it did go on a hair too long i agree with that but it was very to me it was very unsettling.
1: everything uh, how, up to this point goes on too long. I felt
0: i don't know if i i don't know if I would agree because uh, i I felt like I felt like it did a good job setting the tone because the only way this film was going to set the tone was not necessarily with the story because not a lot of dialogues going on, but with how eerie the setting felt because they're out in the middle of the woods i guess i probably should have explained that first they're out in the middle of nowhere in this like little cabin thing and so is the cult they're they're just far away from everything so that makes it already a little bit creepy and nicholas cage and
1: nicholas cage and mandy live at crystal crystal lake which is a callback to uh Uh, friday the 13th isn't it yeah friday the 13th
3: i was
0: i was wondering that yeah That was kind of, that was a good touch. Um, So the setting is already creepy and there's a lot of night shots where it's just, I mean, it looks like you're out in the woods. It's pitch black. So it's already a little creepy. One of my favorite
1: Uh, shots in the movie is right before the kidnapping. It shows uh, like a night shot of the forest. You see the forest and then a bright red light comes on and you see the silhouettes in the forest of the demon dudes that are about to take Mandy. Do you remember this yes. shot?
0: Yes, I do. It was super That cool. was a nice shot.
1: But there's they tons used... of that. There's so much yes. of that cool. Just like everything in this movie looks cool.
0: It does. That's why it feels like it's shot like gorilla style is because a lot of the lighting that happens in the woods is by taillights and headlights. And that's just especially the telelight shot just looks so nice and so refreshing. This feeling. So, you know, so natural. And yeah. I got to give it props on that. The lighting and everything. in a lot of these scenes just felt so nice because, you know, getting used to infinity war and star Wars and everything where everything's pumped up. It's oversaturated. It's nice just to have something as simple as a flashlight. Lighting, you know, your way in a dark as fuck forest. just feels so like a, breath of fresh air. And this film does a great job with that kind of lighting. And uh, to the point where those scenes where, I, where they're being taken, it's creepy because you can't see everything that's going on. And, right. uh, Cause you just have like the moonlight lighting the Nicholas cage and that chick's face when something's happening to him. We're not totally sure. That just makes it even more creepy.
1: Yeah. And, it leaves a lot up to the imagination, which is good.
0: It does. Oh yeah, Definitely. And uh, But I would agree, and that's kind of my fear of the first half of the film. For some people, and how I guess we'll talk more about later, about recommending this, because it's a very stylized film that really takes its time to set the tone of of kind of what the, what the story is going to be, at least during that portion. And it's definitely not for everyone, and so it's hard to recommend it just on that half alone. But if you enjoy well done lighting well done shooting, some good acting overall uh you know decent then you know it's just it, it's wonderful, it's so refreshing,
1: yeah yeah, it definitely looks great, and I think that's what carries this movie is how well it looks, so uh they kidnap them, and uh Mandy wakes up, she's tied to a chair in a kitchen and uh <clears throat> The uh old lady that was asking the cult leader what he could do or what she could do. Uh she takes an eyedropper and she drops some sort of liquid into the eye of Mandy. And uh then <laughs> proceeds I assumed to- it was acid. Yeah, I assumed Can it was. Can you drop acid, acid
0: in your eye? I figured you could.
1: I think so. Um and then she takes out a giant wasp. <laughs> Out oh, of a god. Out of a beaker <laughs> of some sort and has it sting mandy on the neck. And I'm talking the size of my hand. The wasp is. So uh you can only assume you gather from this that they're drugging her for some reason. Uh uh you yeah, don't know what's going on at this point.
0: No, you don't. I mean, at this point, all you know is cult guy wants to probably fuck her or wants her around. So when she's tied up and getting eye drops, which maybe acid may not be, I don't know. And then I agree this larger than life thing, stinging her in the neck and it looks great. Like the, the makeup, everything, whoever uh, made that wart on her neck, like it looks legit and terrifyingly painful. And uh, so, yeah, at this point you're like, oh God, why the fuck did they wander?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, You're about to get the answer, I guess, when uh, they lead her into a room and she's drugged out of her gourd. And uh, it translates to the audience because it makes the audience feel like they're drugged out of their gourd. As uh, they kneel her down and all the cult members are in a dark, black-lit room while the cult leader is standing before her and is just giving her this nonsensical diatribe about how he's God and how everybody should worship him. And it's just like a lot of yammer and <laughs> nonsense it goes on
0: a while. I say that seems probably a solid, uh, 12, to maybe 15 minutes. If you include the stinging and everything, it, it's a long time. You get a lot of insight on who this guy is and he's about what you would expect. He, he, views himself as a almost on the level or just right below God. And uh, God said, told him that even though he apparently sucked in his music career, I'm guessing he was a Christian singer or something like that, uh, that, you know, even though you're not going to succeed here, I'm giving you the ultimate gift. And that is basically you can do no wrong. And that's pretty creepy in itself, (laughs) especially in the tone. He talks. he keeps like the same level of of tone while he talks about everything and yeah. it is so mesmerizing because of the visuals because you're kind of viewing it from her perspective like not her line of well i'm part of it you do but like the picture is all wavy and colorful like you're like you're tripping on acid i would assume yeah and especially when he turns the music on it just gets even more like trippy there's one scene in particular that i loved he gets right up to her face and is talking about the something about the god stuff how he's like can't do no wrong thing and for certain parts of that of that uh scene where you're looking at his face they transpose her face over his so you can kind of see her reaction to what he's saying and it is such an awesome visual like straight from the 70s and 80s it is so wonderfully done and so subtle that you would almost, you know, if I was in theater, I guess I would still notice it, but I don't know. I feel like if you, you just weren't paying attention, you wouldn't notice it a hundred percent. You don't until notice like, the
1: transition.
0: Right. It's so That's subtle. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. It's really good.
0: Oh, it's, it's really so good. good. Just watching that movie alone for that part is so great. I would recommend it just for
1: that. Um but uh he puts on some folk music and uh it's so
0: bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's so cheesy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like we're talking I don't know, just hippie folk music. And uh he's wearing a robe and he opens up his robe and he's naked. His his wangers sticking out there. And uh this folk music is going on and he starts jerking off after this diatribe that he gave <clears throat> and uh, Mandy who's, who's uh, just fucking drugged out of her gourd starts cracking up, <laughs> just laughing her ass off at him. Cause it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what he's saying and what he's doing he's jerking off well folk music and he just talked about how he's got it's it's dumb and the whole time every t- shot you've seen her in before this Mandy she's wearing like a metal shirt like iron maiden or slayer you know what have you metallica um so just going by her thoughts is it's even more absurd because it's fucking folk music it's not even fucking metal dude <laughs>
0: Right, right. That that's a good point you bring up because she is wearing I think it's Iron Maiden shirt. I didn't think about that. That's all that is also an
1: interesting contrast. Uh
0: yeah. Very neat. So um, this film has lots of layers.
1: Yeah. So he jerks off, he's yelling, he's laughing at her. Or she's laughing at her. He gets upset, obviously. And uh then it cuts to Nicolas Cage, who's uh bound. With razor wire on his hands and uh, in his mouth, and it looks tight. It's on there tight. Like he had to suffer a little bit to play this little part. I feel.
0: Yes. Yeah, it did not look comfortable. No, because it, it it's
1: into his mouth. Like he, if he were to put his, he'd be chomping. He'd be chomping on razor wire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he I mean, yeah, you couldn't <laughs> even shut his mouth if he wanted to. I mean, it looked p- very painful. So I give him props for that. That's you know, good commitment.
1: Yeah. And. Uh, he's there. They stab him with a dagger, which I thought would be play a bigger part when they brought it out there. Like we this is from the depths of of Beelzebub. Or, so, I don't know. They're just talking nonsense, but making it sound like the dagger was important and they stab him with it right in the ribs. And uh, then uh, they bring out uh, a bag, like a large sack and there's a body in it and they hang it up right in front of them. They douse it with gasoline and they set it on fire. Now this part I didn't like, I thought there was more to this because they bring out the bag and you don't know who's in it. You know, there's a body it's body shaped. You assume as the audience that it's Mandy, but you don't know, you don't see for sure. And uh, they hang it up in front of them and they set on fire. And the whole time that she's on fire, I'm thinking that it's not her. Like They're just tricking him. They're just fucking with him. Did you get that impression? No, I didn't get that at all. I thought from the
0: way that they set it up, because they're like going into their house and like doing stuff in there. And I was like, okay, they're just going to like burn all of their possessions or something. And then when they like flop the bag there, I'm like, that doesn't. I mean, they didn't have much in the house, so maybe that's all their important stuff. But then when they hung it up, everything like, oh, no, that's a, that's a body. And uh, I was like, it's got to be Mandy. If it's a body, it's got to be her. She's the only other important person in this whole film. And uh, no, that whole scene was executed. I mean, apparently since we both got two different reactions from yeah. it, when it's like the 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 big uh, driver of the story that maybe it wasn't executed the, the cleanest. I mean, he makes it pretty clear he's pissed off at her and he's going to go do something and i and that's the only reason why i thought okay if it's not their stuff for whatever reason then it's got to be her but it's not done to as as well as they probably could have done to make it real clear because you are kind of sitting there wondering what what's going on exactly but then they start saying oh she's a whore and you know she's not worth shit and i'm like okay well they're burning her of course and that's going to be what will drive him over the edge and progress the plot. But uh, but no, they could have done a better job with that scene. But I will say my favorite part, one of my favorite uh, parts of that scene was, I might be jumping ahead just a hair, uh, when Nicolas Cage actually gets free, uh, he goes over to the bag, and there's like a uh, dust, or I guess ashes, and it's like shaped like her skull, and then the wind kind of hits it and blows it away. I thought that was a nice little touch. It was it was a, a good little scene like you know she's right there and I mean she's just being carried away and it just kind of tugs at you a little bit. that that's kind of painful, but really well shot and the the um the lighting and everything there was beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um <clears throat> that's when I started it started to dawn on me that it was Mandy in there when in the ashes cuz it showed her face. Right, And that's true. And um, yeah, I don't know. He did a good job reacting to his wife dying during this whole thing. But uh, the, the ultimate, what we came here, what what we paid the ticket price for, is about to happen. <laughs> and uh, that's Nick Cage. He gets out. He goes home. And he's in, he's in his bo- or he's in some tidy whiteies and a and a shirt with a tiger on it like a baseball shirt with a tiger on it. And um, he grabs a bottle of vodka. His hands are all torn up because he was bound by razor wire. His face is all bloody. His side's bloody. And he grabs a bottle of vodka, or what you assume is a clear liquor. He goes into the bathroom and just has a good five-minute Nicolas Cage meltdown.
0: Glorious. Absolutely glorious. One of the best mental breakdowns I have ever seen on film. I mean, it was everything we wanted out of a batshit crazy moment. And this is just the beginning. I kind of wish he kept that intensity through more of the film. It falls off a hair. We'll get to that. Uh, But that moment alone is just so well done. Like the lighting of the room. It's a it's a very small bathroom, but the wallpaper is like this red with like some flowers on it. It just looks interesting. It almost kind of looks like hell, but like very colorfully done because it's real red. You know, it's kind of depicting that mood that he's in and then he just loses it and it's just drinking. It's just pissed off. It's just well done with whoever decided to shoot it in that scene and with that wallpaper and
1: everything so
0: beautifully done.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> he's uh he's crying and he's pouring uh alcohol on his wounds. He's drinking the alcohol straight from the bottle, big chugs, grabbing his neck because it's it hurts while he's drinking it and then pouring in it more on his wounds and then like uh getting angry, just shouting, you know, uh just guttural noises and then he like sits down and he starts sobbing <laughs> like very pathetic sobbing and then he pours more alcohol on his wounds and he gets angry again it's super it's so fun it's fun to see him do that it and is. you know that that whoever's directing that this movie was just like okay Nick Cage go do Nick Cage stuff now (laughs) yes I don't think they had to give him much direction for this scene
0: no no he is it feels so real like if you were going through that same situation like I'm sure that's I kind of put myself in his shoes I probably would be pissed I mean just that feeling of you couldn't do anything you couldn't do anything to save the one person of the whole world you loved you just had to see her die like in a most painful fashion with a bunch of idiots, you know, mocking you and beating you. And, you know, it'd be the most vulnerable time of your entire life and you couldn't do a damn thing about it. And you're just mad at them, mad at yourself, sad. You just feel all of that emotion in that scene for being such a simple scene as a guy with a bottle of vodka sitting on the toilet drinking it is the most powerful scene I have seen in a real long time in a, in a film. So, so well done. I, I, I can't say enough good things about just that part alone.
1: Yeah, it was good. <clears throat> um, And uh, he kind of cleans himself up and then uh, goes to a trailer in the woods where uh, Mac from predator is if you remember the movie predator there's a character named mac
0: no i've never seen it i need i need to watch it
1: you really you've never seen predator i've never seen predator oh fuck
0: biggie i know i feel bad because i also i've never seen any of the alien movies like any of them i don't know none of them i have not seen a single one all
1: right (laughs) i guess we know one of the movies that we gotta watch in october (laughs)
0: it's one of those things it's like i i don't have anything against watching them i've just never been like yeah let's watch it
1: um so uh he goes to mac and uh max in the trailer and i don't really understand why he went there oh he went there to get his crossbow
0: yes which has called the reaper I think. Yeah. I think it's a Reaper. And it's interesting because I believe, unless I'm going crazy, when she first gets into that room with the cult leader where she laughs at his uh at his dick, he asks her something like, What what's your vision? What did you see? Like, I guess when they first put the drops in or something like that. And she mentions something about the Reaper is coming. And right, I'm like, Ooh, that's it. it was real subtle. Yeah, like oh that's neat and then when he said uh, I need the reaper from the guy in the trailer I'm like ooh that's fascinating what's what's that and it's a crossbow it's pretty awesome crossbow
1: yeah it's pretty cool but then uh Mac gives him like he's he's like what happened and Nick Cage said they burned her alive and uh Mac just has all the information <laughs>
0: He knows everything going on,
1: yeah, he's like, "Oh well, it must have been this uh group of bikers they uh, people see him from I've seen him once from a distance, they're like demons they kill for fun uh it must have been them, but they they also have uh this hippie guy, this cult leader um and uh he supplies them with uh acid, and it's a super strong acid special kind of acid and uh you could probably find him and that's pretty much the scene he just acts there's this one character that acts as like almost like the person that right wrote the script was like oh shit i don't think people are gonna know what the fuck's going on right now <laughs> <laughs> and he's like what do i do i'll just put an old black guy in there and he'll give all the sage advice and that's to what his credit, they did.
0: though, he was great. Like his tone and everything was so creepy. I, I kind of, I kind of love that scene. I loved a lot of scenes in this film. I'll probably keep saying every scene's my favorite, but I did really like his character a lot, and uh, just the way he said everything. It was super unsettling and creepy, and it was just a wonderful scene. But
3: yeah. that's
1: basically
0: what he was. The get everyone who may have missed something caught up.
1: And then uh, Nick Cage says, OK, well, I uh, got all the information I need. And he goes back to his uh, foundry. Yes. <laughs> he goes what back to his fuck? crucible and his fucking forge. <laughs> and he starts melting down some metal.
0: Now, <laughs> this is one part I... Uh, I kind of chuckled to myself more later when you kind of see the finished product, but, uh, the guy just cuts trees. The very beginning, we just see him cutting down trees. And so he's a lumberjack. That's his job. This is the first time we see uh, any kind of foundry where he's making a really badass looking scythe ax thing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. Like it's gorgeous. And somehow I guess he already has like the template made for it. And, he's got this right. everything prepared to make this beautiful weapon and the th- the film kind of hiccups a little bit right there and like oh how he can
1: do your this mind now? even i know very little about blacksmithing but in my mind i'm like oh this would take a master blacksmith like a week to make
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it made <laughs> it was hilarious it, that was the first little bit of camp that kind of shows up from a pretty artistically made film. I mean, other than the cult people, that was a little campy. But this was like going like a, a spike in the camp meter. Like, okay, this yeah. guy just made this badass blade in like about it's, five minutes.
1: It's shot like a montage, too. It is. Of him making this blade. <laughs> and uh, he grabs. So he grabs the reaper and he grabs the blade that he just made all just fucking Chrome twisty blacks, blacksmith fucking axe. just all metal. Uh, what you would see on a fucking, uh, heavy metal cover for a album cover. And, uh, That's sick. Yeah. He hops in his, uh, in his Jeep, Grand Cherokee and takes off down the road. And uh just a look of fucking determination in his eyes uh he's driving down the road the they light the outside of his window, so you see it's dark, but you see everything pass by in the in the foreground. It's a pretty cool shot.
0: oh, it's beautiful
1: and then they fucking one of my favorite parts they hit you with the goddamn movie title, the title screen
0: yes. <laughs> yes straight <laughs> out of grindhouse like the style of it and everything because we actually get some other uh titles uh before this point and i cannot remember what they say
1: yeah, uh, I, I don't
0: either. know if it's 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 almost like certain like beats they would throw up the title which uh, just makes me think of a grindhouse film and uh yeah then finally at that point they hit you with the mandy and uh it's 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 pretty uh it's charming very charming
1: It is. And you're like, oh, the movie's starting. Yes. (laughs) It's kind of how you feel too. Yeah, Um, it is. uh, And, uh, it starts an onslaught of just fucking Nick Cage getting revenge. And this is halfway through the movie. If not more, it's like the third act. Yes. Yes. And, The start of the third act. And it's just, now it's just Nick cage. He has one thing on his mind and that's to kill everyone that had a part of kidnapping and killing Mandy. And he starts with the demons. He starts with the three demons that uh, kidnapped her. And uh, he, he finds them driving down the road, and he has his Reaper, and he uh, he misses, he can't take a shot on the three, and then the third one shows up. Or no, four of them, right? Right. Um, well, let,
0: let me think. Yeah, there are four. Yes.
1: And uh, he takes his... Sh- he can't take a shot, but he takes a shot on the third... on the fourth one, knocks him off his bike, gets in his Jeep, and then fucking... <laughs> the guy he didn't kill him with the shot but he's get in the road and he's getting up and nick cage hits him with his jeep <laughs> and flips the jeep
0: yes it's like hitting a brick wall like I mean, it flips and it injures him uh it's pretty badass
1: yeah and they end up taking him the the other, the other demons come back for him and uh bind him they have him captured they bring him to wherever their lair is <clears throat> and he wakes up with a nail in one hand nailed to the ground and the other hand is on a pipe like uh handcuffed to a pipe and uh ends up uh, confronting one of the guys right and the
0: yeah what happened it- He's pretty injured at this point, so he's kind of limited on how fast he can get out of this. He notices that the you know the old trope of the the pipe being kind of loose so he can kind of jiggle it free, but he keeps getting the attention of the the of the biker guy, so he's having to kind of keep the biker guy's attention so he doesn't notice what he's doing with his hand trying to get free from the pipe so then eventually,
1: oh, go ahead, the biker guy is punching him you know while he's right. bound. And uh, he ends up taking a knife and slashing him in the chest, um, cutting open his shirt, which is going to play a part later on. Yes. <clears throat> um, and he says, that was my favorite shirt. And he's Nicolas Cage is upset that his shirt is cut. But uh, yeah, he gets the pipe free and clocks the dude and throws him into a pit that he's sitting next to yeah i wasn't sure if this
0: was like a a uh automotive building where you know they have like the pit where you go and work but that pit was way too deep like yeah it was a pretty far i would say like what like 15 feet or whatever like it just was fell like a good four
1: mississippi before he heard the thud right of the body hitting the pavement below right
0: i don't know some sort of drainage thing i just got no idea it was pretty cool
1: yeah and uh he gets out he finds a box cutter he pulls his hand free of the nail that's in the ground and uh finds a box cutter and approaches a guy <laughs> uh or what you think is a guy I don't know he's there's porn on he's he good well first he finds some bodies, one of the bodies uh Seems okay. It's not, like, mutilated, except there's a lot of blood around his butt. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) And uh, then he goes into the living room, which you assume is living. It's all dank and dark. And uh, sees porn on the television. And there's a guy there who's, I couldn't really tell what he was doing. Was he masturbating? Uh
0: I don't think so. I mean, he's got that massive mouth of Coke. So I think he snorted that in one shot. I think he was just sitting there because that's when we finally see that he's got a knife where his dick is. Yeah. And that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. (laughs) Clothing. wise Like Like, it's just like this. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And it wasn't even just like a straight knife. It was like slightly cocked down, like where the handle is.
1: Yeah. It was cocked. (laughs) So like,
0: it was cocked, ready to go, man. It was the coolest <clears> thing, <throat> like, knife dick. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. And uh, Nick Cage is trying to sneak up on him, but he, the guy who's snorting coke and watching porn with the gimp suit on and the knife dick sees a reflection, ends up flipping him into a coffee table, um, and then, like, goes to stab him with his knife dick, but ends up missing... And gets it stuck in the floor. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I forgot about that.
1: And then uh, Nick Cage takes the box cutter and slashes his throat. The guy just ends up spewing fucking blood all over Nick Cage's face while he laughs at him. Fucking metal as shit. Dude, he's loving it. (laughs) It's so great. Yeah. Uh, He ends up getting up and there's a third one. And apparently it was the one in the pit. So maybe there were only three of them total. Yeah, I think you're right. There may have just been three. Um, And the one in the pit, he gets up. And uh, does he do the coke before the guy shows yes.
0: up? Uh, no, yeah. he does the coke after he kills Knife Dick.
1: Okay, so he gets up. He finds a mirror, like a shard of mirror, just fo- a pile of coke and jams it right into his nose and just snorts it (laughs) honks it down and then the the other guy who fell down the pit apparently shows up and (laughs) it's the best line in the movie he says it twice uh while he's uh stabbing him right what does he stab him with
0: uh, did he have his axe by that point i can't, i can't remember if oh, he'd yeah, already he already got it, it
1: again but i don't think he used it no he found it after anyways he ends up killing the guy and he says he says in the typical nick cage fashion that was my favorite shirt <laughs> he says it twice that was my favorite shirt and uh, well he's killing the the gimp dude <laughs> It's Dude, great. He loves
0: that shirt. He it's a great shirt.
1: shirt. I don't blame him. You understand later why it's his favorite. And like I don't a even remember. He has a Was flashback. It? Oh, and yes. it, he's wearing that shirt when he met her. That's right. When he met Mandy. Um, but then he gets his axe back. He finds it hidden. Uh, he finds the reaper, the crossbow, <clears throat> and he's looking around the kitchen for other stuff. He finds the jar that the people paid the demons with and kind of opens it, sniffs it, doesn't know what it is, sticks his (laughs) finger in and then puts it in his mouth and has some sort of weird, like, reaction. It hits Uh,
0: him. (laughs) It's so great.
1: It's flashes of just destruction, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and then his, well, it's like his face melts off like Raiders of the Lost Ark style and like yeah. all this crazy shit happens.
1: And it's all quick, still just flashes of like atom bombs or whatever. And uh, it goes back to him and his eye, his pupils dilate to the size of his like his whole iris. And uh, he he just gets a taste of what these demon guys were on. Which is the special acid that they referred to earlier?
0: Um, Which the demons got. Demon guys, they like chug it, and he just had like a little taste of it. So it just kind of lets you know that these guys are like genuinely fucked up. I mean, they they do seem like aliens, and from what he saw from one little taste, you can kind of see why they're they're just fucked out of their minds,
1: right? Um, so there must have been four because he uh, leaves the house and, uh, he's looking through the reaper and he sees another, uh, another one standing by a burning car and he, he lines up the shot with the reaper and takes it, hits him right in the neck. Guy spewing blood, but he doesn't go down. Nick Cage approaches. Yeah. Nick Cage approaches him and they end up having a, a fight. Does he fight? He fights with the axe, right?
0: He does. I can't remember what the other guy used. Uh, he picks up something. Uh, yeah, I don't I know if it's like remember. a piece of metal or a chain or something like that.
1: Well, Nick Cage downs him, uh, and now he has his sights set on the uh, cult, le- the cult members. But first, he's going to take a stop at the guy that's making all this acid. And there's a whole scene of Nick Cage walking in to the guy that's making the acid. And the guy has a tiger in a cage <clears throat> and a gun. I didn't understand this scene. Did you? No, no. This scene made no real sense.
0: The only way I could... He he gives some kind of bullshit directions about where to go find the cultist people, kind of. But really, even that's up for interpretation. It's just Nicolas Cage standing at like, it's, it looks kind of like a hangar, almost. He's at one end, the LSD making guys at the other. There's a tiger in a cage off to the right. And he kind of talks to him like from this large distance. It's just saying a bunch of whacked out, I don't even know what to call. Then he lets the tiger out and the tiger, he's like, "Go oh, be free, tiger. You know your way. And the tiger leaves and then the scene ends. It's I, I couldn't follow it. The best I could figure out was he kind of gave some little hint about where the cultists were. And yeah. that's about it. But it looked great. And uh, if you see the the shot, it's north, probably the most popular shot. That's right. He says north. That's correct. Uh, but like looking at Nicholas Cage just standing there is kind of nice because it's like he's already done a whole lot of crap, he still has more to do. He's just covered in blood. He looks like he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And I guess we kind of don't either, so it's kind of neat. And uh it's a great scene, but nothing really happens.
1: Yeah. And then uh he finds the cult members. I'm trying to speed it up and because we've been going for an hour. <laughs> uh he finds the cult members and he um systematically takes them out one by one uh there's a cool scene of a guy standing by a car and he gets you see the axe fly into frame and take him in the head
0: it's so cheesy it's great
1: it is and then there's another scene where nick cage uh sees one of the members of the cult um I don't know if he was just standing there working on something, but he sees him and then he notices there's a chainsaw by his feet and he picks it up thinking that he's going to sneak, turn the chainsaw on and sneak up and chainsaw this guy to death. So he yanks the cord and he can't get it to start. And of course, the guy notices that there's a person trying to start a chainsaw. And uh, he, uh, the other guy. <laughs> Ends up having a chainsaw of his own. And it's about twice, three times the size of the one (laughs) that Nick Cage has. It was so funny. Um, Oh, my Lord. Anyways, they end up having a chainsaw fight. Which I was a little disappointed. You didn't end up getting the payoff of of Nick Cage taking a chainsaw and just cutting the guy in half. Because they're fighting... And one of them drops a chainsaw and the cultist, he ends up knocking him onto the chainsaw. And there's this scene from Eagle, like, it's an eagle eye scene, a shot right above him, and uh, you just see the guy writhing as he's laying on the blade and blood is spraying out from the edges. Yeah. Uh,
0: That was what I was a little disappointed in. Like, I agree with you. I really want him to just, like, jam it into him and just like cut him in half. Like that's what you were really, really wanting because at this point you're still pissed at what they did to her. I can't remember. I think he was kind of the weird looking one that was just laughing the whole time so you're already kind of pissed at him. And um, I think if it was set up better, like like a little more elaborately, it would have been a cool death, but you know you got Nick Cage like looking batshit crazy. You want him to just uh, jam that thing straight to like his crotch or his stomach and just you know, go up or down, whichever way, or both. But you just don't you don't really get it. But you know, it's okay. It's kind of cool seeing him like laying on it and dying, but it could have been set up a little bit better.
1: Yeah, the fight choreography was nothing to write home about either. No. They were just taking no. swings at each other. <clears throat> Before this, actually the first cult member that he runs into is brother Swan. <clears throat> who uh he run he finds him on the road and just basically uh puts him up against a tree sits him down on his butt and then takes the ed- the butt end of his axe which is also a blade puts it in his mouth while he's talking cuz his brother swan likes to talk and then presses presses it
3: <laughs> yes
1: and uh shows in graphic detail uh, the guy getting the the axe handle through the mouth into the tree behind him um, pretty pretty cool scene I guess in terms of deaths it,
0: it was I don't <clears throat> I really don't think any of it was CGI I think they may have used a, a model or, or whatever it could have been CGI I'm not sure but it looked real however they did it it's nice
1: yeah no, I think it was all practical effects they didn't didn't seem like they had a budget for much CGI. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it was a practical effect. <sighs> so then he gets <laughs> to church, uh, finds that old bat shit lady um inside of it as he's making his way down hallways. He's you he can tell he's exhausted. And it's also just Nick Cage. At this point, you're just watching zombie Nick Cage. He has no emotion, nothing on his face. Uh, he's just walking slowly, taking out these these guys, these cult members, and uh, <clears throat> encounters this old old broad who promises him sex like he's never had before. Yeah, uh, that was her Geared. like bargaining chip. She's like, you know, the cult leader. He says that. I do stuff that no other woman can do. And then it cuts. It cuts to the cult leader. And you see him standing there and he's shouting like, you don't deserve to be here. I'm a God. And you don't see Nick Cage yet because the first thing that you notice that his presence that he's there is the head of the old lady getting thrown at the feet of the cult leader, which is pretty funny, I guess.
0: It is. You wanted her to die. She was a bitch.
1: Yeah. And the cult leader panicked. He, like, freaks out. He doesn't like this. He even offers to suck his dick. (laughs) Well, So
0: he gets two offers for some sex.
1: Yeah. But, no, he, he like, panics at the head and ends up kicking it away. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then Nick Cage approaches him, and uh, the whole time he's going on a spiel more babbling about how he's God and how he, you know, he should be kneeling at his feet. And uh, But then Nick Cage like puts him or puts him down, pushes him or holds him down and he's kneeling. The cult leader's kneeling in front of Nick Cage. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, the cult leader ends up, he's like, I'll, su- <laughs> he's like, I'm a God. You should be kneeling at at, at my feet. Oh, suck your dick, man. Don't hurt me. (laughs) I'm a god, though, but you should be down here.
0: Yeah, he uh, gets like, he like wimps out because he's like, I'll suck your dick. Don't kill me. But then he gets like so sinister that it's it's creepy.
1: Yeah. And Nick Cage at this point has had enough, grabs his head with his demon acid rage fueled rage powering him and uh grabs his head in both hands and just squeezes and fucking watermelons it
0: <laughs> i don't know how i felt about that death i'm not i'm not so sure i don't know it wasn't super satisfying no it wasn't i don't know it, it just didn't feel right like i was really hoping he would just like lay him down and like just like whack his head off maybe they've done it too many times at this point they just want to do something different the effect looked cool because it it was definitely a practical effect because like his it's just so cartoony though i think that's the part that got me like his eyes pop out and like his brain just like squishes and explodes it's very very cartoony like he was seeing like uh uh what's that uh tales from the crypt or something yeah It, it just didn't feel as real as the other things that had happened and uh, may ask what, what didn't make it very satisfying. Right. But yeah. They're in like the setting was cool. Cause they're like in like a well or something like he's yeah. just in this like cylindrical brick thing underground and it's real colorful and it's, it's fascinating.
1: And then uh, he starts it all on fire, burns it down. Yep. Nick Cage does. drives away in a car and uh, turns to look his face covered in blood. Sees Mandy sitting next to him. Um, It's a shot of Mandy's face. And then there's a shot. It goes back to a shot of Nick Cage. And he's got this crazy fucking (laughs) smile on his face. His eyes are wide. His face is red from blood. And it's just the white of his eyes and the white of his teeth.
3: It's the
0: best smile I have ever seen in my whole life. Like, it's so creepy and looks almost genuine for Nicolas Cage. Like, he was genuinely happy to see her there. And I'm going to try to find a screenshot of it and, and put it in our uh, tweet message, uh, just so everyone can see it, because it, it is a sight to behold.
1: Excellent. <clears throat> And uh, that's it. That's Mandy. There's, that is there's it. a few. There's a few scenes in it that are like cartoon, animated. That I don't know what they're trying to convey, but I can't even remember the, any of the specifics about the animated parts. But they're very no. short. They're about a minute long, yeah. and there's three of them, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I believe there were three. Yeah, there's one. The only one I could remember was she like it's in like this like high science fiction style and uh, where she's on like some weird planet and she's she's completely naked. And for one scene in particular, she comes across this dead animal and like pulls a piece of it out. And every time her eyes go green or her hair kind of goes crazy and then he wakes up and. I don't know it. None of those scenes, at least in my first viewing, and maybe it'll make more sense on second viewing, uh, really seem to correlate with what was going on with Nicholas Cage. Uh, but maybe there's something going on there. Uh, maybe it's a part of a book that, cause they're during the beginning part, she's reading this book that she really, really loves. Maybe it has something to do with that book that maybe the only people who have read it understands the reference possibly, uh, but as for a viewer, it doesn't make much sense. But they're they're kind of cool. They changed the scenery up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I would say it's hard for me to recommend this movie. As much as I personally, I guess we'll talk about that, I really love this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got everything I wanted out of it. Uh, it definitely lived up to my expectations. I don't know if it exceeded it. Maybe just a hair. Maybe, uh, more so in the um, uh, filming like the style, I love the lighting, I love the scenes or the uh, the uh, backgrounds, or wherever they were filming, just looked fantastic in the houses and the cultist places. It all looked really good. Um, it probably could have sped up a little bit at the beginning, it probably drug on a little bit too long,
1: much like this, this episode. I,
0: <laughs> I know, I know, we're at an hour 15. This is a long one. Um, But ultimately, I think it's a really, really good film. I would recommend anyone watching it. uh, If you like a slow burn film that really takes its time to get you into that atmosphere, not a lot said to really uh, flesh out the story, but it's more the setting, the style uh, is what really tells the story up until you get to more of the action scenes. But even then, I wouldn't say the action scenes alone are enough to watch the movie. They're okay. And he has some good freak out points, but it's really the scenery and the mood that make this
1: film really, really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> I was wondering that through this whole know, thing, I'm like, I don't know if, if it would be your cup of tea or not. Uh, Cause there's, I would there's not elements this- of it it
1: th- that I like. And I wouldn't call this movie a slow burn. It's more like a fucking light switch. You know? It's it's a fucking matchstick. Because okay. uh, the burn comes very fast. And uh, right at the end of the movie. <laughs> but <clears throat> um, it, my whole thing is, it was shot wonderfully. All the lighting. It, it's stylized. It looks cool. There's so many... Like you take a, a just a still, a screen cap of pretty much any point in the movie, and it's gonna look cool. So you, a credit do where it, credit is deserved for that. It's just it looks great. Everything about it, every, each shot has so much heart in it and uh, style, and it looks cool. Um, if you but th- that aside, if you strip any all that away it's a pretty shitty movie.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. The, the filming, the setting, the camera work, the, the lighting, all that stuff is what makes that movie even watchable or like how I feel a, a really good movie. But yes, if you take any of those pieces away, even just one piece, it would drastically bring down the quality of the film. Uh, especially the, the lighting. Like, that just plays a huge role in telling the mood and the feelings of the characters and kind of getting you into that world. Uh, So I would would totally agree with that. Uh, Um, Everything together, it's good, but you can't take one piece out and say, ooh, it would just turn to crap.
1: But the fight choreography was poor. Like, the gore was okay, I guess. It wasn't anything special. And the payoff on some of the gore, which, you know, I'm expecting a lot because they built it up so much. I'm expecting some fucking crazy ass scenes. You don't get it. You don't get that payoff. Uh, I felt the first two acts drone on and on. And it's a lot of just listening to nonsense. You're listening to the ramblings of a madman. And it, you can only do that. I can only do that for so long. I, I thought yes. the story was just, it was uh, they're all on drugs that's the story <laughs> and now nicolas cage is on drugs too everyone's on drugs um <clears throat> the the story is so shallow and just not good none of the dialogue makes sense there's scenes that don't make sense um there's scenes that are uh, chaotic for wrong reasons and just uh, kind of flop around. And uh, it's just like it, uh, it it wasn't good. It wasn't enjoyable to watch. It was enjoyable to look at, but it wasn't enjoyable to watch for me. Okay. Okay.
0: Wow. Wow. We are both on different ends then. That's okay though. That's fascinating. No, I, I agree with a lot of what you said and um, you know, anyone who have th- that kind of criticism, I would totally agree. There's a lot of scenes that just go on for too long. It would have been nice if they fleshed out the uh, uh, dialogue maybe a little bit more. Didn't have it so convoluted. I mean, especially the scene where he meets the LSD guy. That goes on for a while. Right. And it really slows down the film. They could just cut that out completely and there would have been no effect on the entire story. Probably would have made the movie a little better. A little more focused, uh, but uh, but no, I, I would agree with a lot of that. But I really feel like the film was all about that getting you into that into that mood, into that emotion that's going on in the scene by using visuals and you know a very subtle music track in the background. Oh, the music
1: the, the music was awesome in it. Yes, the whole music score was, was very great.
0: good. I was shocked. That's the part I expected to be shit, and it was actually really well done. Uh, but well, that's Mandy. Um, I Guido thought it was shit, and I kind of liked it. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think it okay. was shit. That's-
1: I thought it was just <laughs> like it was. It wasn't good. It was just like a solid five for me out of ten. Okay, you know, just kind of a, a movie that you th- you throw on. I like. I didn't. I didn't walk away with anything from it, but I wouldn't. I'm not disappointed. I watched it.
0: Good. Well, you know, that's definitely fair. Definitely fair. I guess I'd probably give it like a seven and a half, eight, maybe, uh, man. I just really love that lighting. It just, Oh, it just gets me like every scene where it's just like him driving and just the, the, the tail lights and everything was light and everything behind him it just makes me think about being out in the woods late at night and, you know, driving down a gravel road or whatever. And, and having that feeling, like, it's just, I don't know, just really got me into that mood. I loved it. But, uh, but hey, we actually have two voicemails. You want to go ahead and knock them out real quick?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I think All that it's right. just. All right. Yeah, we'll see what these are. Here's the first one.
2: Hey, Just Okay Movies. Bellsprout here with my review of Mandy. And you might find that during this review, why they called me the pony boy in high school. So I'm a little hoarse, so I didn't really like the movie many very much. And if I was to easily summarize why, I'd say it comes down to a matter of missed execution. This movie has a couple of interesting ideas, and I think it doesn't handle any of them particularly well. Um, and because of this, I was never able to really kind of get on board with the film and kind of enjoy the ride. Um, probably the biggest one for me in missed executions is the kind of the the overall tone of the movie. Um, in the beginning of the movie, I felt like we were watching like some sort of like rock opera where Nicholas Cage goes off as like a normal human to fight like demons from hell. But like during the middle of the movie, they debunk that and they're like, no, there's no actual, nothing supernatural happening. They're just normal asshole people. And that would be okay, you know, from like a subversion of like expectations, but like the aesthetics and like the, the cutscenes and like the lighting and staging all's kind of. It's still all kind of portraying like this like rock cover like epicness. And you'll have to excuse me if I don't think that Nicolas Cage finding peop- like punks from Hot Topic in the Westboro Baptist Church are more exciting than Nicolas Cage finding the supernatural. Um I guess in summary, like this movie just felt like every time that they tried to be like self aware or take itself too seriously, or just be overly artsy, it, they just kinda of missed the mark in like the in like the, the worst way for me um your mileage might vary and you know maybe you really like to swim. i don't know for me this movie is pretty forgettable and if it wasn't for all the reviews i read about it afterwards that were like showering this movie in praise i would probably have just forgotten it by now um anyway thanks for the pod you know it's always great to listen to and uh and you know just the just okay gamers podcast too is also great to listen to uh but yeah anyway sorry um have a good pod and enjoy the rest of your night bye Oh uh, Ty,
0: yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I definitely think between Guido and I, we hit a lot of those points. And it sounds like you're probably a little more in Guido's camp. And I don't, I, I, I would, I would agree. You know, I, and that's kind of what we talked about before. I have a hard time recommending it because it's just, I, I think you just, you know. Maybe just get to that mindset of of you know enjoying that setting and enjoying the the mood and everything it has, and you know i even, I won't necessarily say it was you know the best one I've ever seen kind of capture that uh but uh but no, I think toll sense you know I totally uh don't blame you,
1: yeah <clears throat> it was like a fireworks show, a lot of pretty colors, a few bangs at the end, good grand finale but
0: Yes. Yes. You know. Yes, absolutely. But no, I think a good point, Ty. Thank you so much for, for calling in. All right, let's hit
3: up that second one. Here it is. hey, oh, boys. It's Mountain Sage here. Uh, I decided to give Mandy a watch uh, in anticipation of this week's episode. What an interesting movie. Um, <laughs> I think my only complaint about it is that the first, he- like, the first hour of the movie could have just not existed? Uh, it was mostly a bunch of still shots or just kind of like slow people walking in the forest with red lights or them sitting on a boat. I think there were like four words said throughout the, the whole first hour. It's like Nicolas Cage and the chick just laying on the couch and she's like, You're having a nightmare. Then like a long pause and he's like, yeah, it's just, it was so (laughs) long and drawn out for no reason. Uh, The best part of the movie was definitely that fight scene. I guess it would be a fight scene where uh, he throws the thing like off the pit that he was randomly sitting over. And then he goes upstairs and the thing watching porn on the chair and doing drugs and he kills that one that was sitting there and then the other one climbed out of the pit and they start fighting again and he's just screaming he's like
0: you ripped my shirt you ripped my shirt
3: and then he breaks its neck and he's just like "Ah!" and he's got this just crazy look on his face while he does it it was it was a good movie overall though but a little slow in the beginning anyway that's it bye
0: Oh, Mountain Sage. Man, you've got the best, like, radio voice. I'm so jealous. No, I, uh, I agree. <laughs> no, that is a wonderful scene. I, I think, really, the fight scenes for the bikers, like, I was like, okay, these are gonna be the easy kills. You know, they're just gonna knock them out, and it was fun to watch. I'm like, alright, the next ones are gonna be even better, and I, you know, that, that was a bit of a disappointment there. It felt like it it kind of went down in quality, but, uh, yeah, I, I uh I totally agree.
1: Yeah, that was a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> we uh But I
0: don't know. I I just I I loved the first half so much more than the second half. I didn't expect myself to say that. And it's it was just such a good setup. And um I don't know. I must I must just i definitely sounds like I'm in the minority there.
1: Uh, no, based on the reviews, the glowing reviews of this movie, uh, a lot of people are in your camp.
0: And that uh, shocks me a little bit. I'm, I think maybe it's gotten a little too much praise and I'm not sure if it's just because of the time it's come out that, you know, this is kind of a, uh, one of the more, I mean, I hate to say artsy, but in some ways it kind of is. Uh, films that's come out lately and that's why it's gotten so much praise. I think it's probably scored a little too high on Rotten Tomatoes. They probably need to knock it down another 10, 15% to be about right. 94 is pretty high and I don't think the film's quite that good.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I purchased it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon and uh, I was about to start it up, but I thought, eh, why not share it with everyone? So I made a ping in uh, the Just Okay Gamers Discord and said, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to watch this if anyone wants to watch. We had about 10 people watching it uh, throughout the night. And a uh, lot of mixed reactions to it. I think most people were just like, yeah, it was all right, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, Megan and I watched it and... Uh... Megan just kept laughing at the movie, especially when he showed um, her his dick. Like, she just busted out laughing. And, uh, I mean, it was a pretty funny scene. Like, just all of a sudden, he's just derobing, and there's this schlong right there. And uh, she she didn't like it, mainly for the reason that the story didn't... Build itself very well because there wasn't a lot of dialogue. She didn't give two shits about Mandy, and that's a good point too. I, I can't necessarily say I cared that much about Mandy herself, e- except I, I cared because I hated the situation she was in. You know, a bunch of uh, cultists taking, uh, you know the the name of the Lord and doing their own thing with it. You know, that kind of just rouses anyone up, like how the Westboro stuff and and all that stuff can can make people mad. And uh, so kind of being that that setting that she's in, I'm I'm already kind of invested because I wouldn't want to be there. I don't want anyone to be there. But her as a character, I just I didn't care that much about. I think that is a good point, especially in the early stages of the film where it's heavily on her and Nicolas Cage that it can get boring because you don't particularly care about her and you just want really want to see Nicolas Cage go crazy.
1: Yeah, that's what I was there for. And yeah, I got it and me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Could use a bit more. I, I would like them to turn it up another notch after fighting knife, Dick and everyone. It yeah. felt like it started falling a little off there.
1: You no, know, it was weird. after do he, that. After he took the psycho concentrated acid juice, he, he calmed down. He just yes, turned into a zombie. I agree.
0: Yes. Yes. Like I expected after he snored the Coke, he's gonna be even crazier. Like that makes sense. And uh, but no, yeah, I agree. After he took the LSD, he he kind of mellowed out a little bit. Other than he looked crazy as fuck, but he just didn't act like how he looked.
1: Anybody but. can look crazy with their face caked in dry blood.
0: <laughs> a little coke in their beard. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and rate this movie real quick (laughs) before we get to two hours. (laughs) All right. So if you're uh, wanting to stop the pod, look at the list uh, before we continue, you can go to justokmovies.com, scroll about halfway down the page, and click on our uh, JOKM Top Films of All Time link. That will take you to our IMDb page where we have every film we reviewed Listed out, and we are up to about, oh my goodness, 19 movies. So, plenty of room to put this film in. And honestly, it's tough. It's very, very tough for me to decide where I want this film. Because part of me, I would want it in like the top four. But, I have to think a little more realistically, that some of the films we have in the top four, top five... I would definitely sit down and watch again. No question. And I'm not so sure if I would, as much as I love Mandy, I do not know if I would sit down and watch it again. I probably would, but I would think twice. Whereas some of these, like, I mean, hell, I'd even watch Solo again. I'd watch, definitely watch Robocop. I don't know how many times I've seen Robocop, but I don't know if I'd watch Mandy again. So I kind of factoring that into my review. And, I would probably put it, and I know you're going to completely disagree, Guido, but I would put it right above Black Panther and below Moana. And that would be the number nine
1: slot. Okay. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think we need to get away from using uh, rewatchability as a litmus. Why? I th- because... There's really great movies that I only want to watch once. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. And there's really bad movies that I can watch over and over, like Old Dogs, and get enjoyment out of.
0: Sure. I would agree with that. Um, Okay. Okay. Let me think about it. Taking that rewatchability, I would... I don't know. I would probably still put it about the same spot. I mean, kind of looking at some of these other well, shit, we have Deadpool 2 at 7. This film's way better than Deadpool. And then we have Moana at 8, which was just a really solid film. Um
1: our list is fucked I, up. Our <laughs> I guess
0: This is pretty fucked. Our list is pretty fucked. Um I'm I'm probably going to still put it right above uh, black panther That's that's kind of where i feel comfortable
1: okay um i'm not too far off i think i'd probably just put it i put it after swiss army man at the number okay. 12 spot
0: okay that's probably all right so I'd you would it. so you would put it right above rogue one
1: yeah, I guess, in the middle of the pack. I don't know, man. This list is getting too unreal. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's yeah. no rhyme or reason to we, it.
0: We've been discussing uh, different ways we can rework this list. I like it because it's so unique, <laughs> but it's starting to get where I feel like I'm doing a major disservice to some of these films. Like, I mean, first and foremost... Uh, Baron Moonshowsen should not be that low. I mean, it's a solid film that is definitely much better than, uh, let's see, uh, Deadpool 2. <laughs> so, uh, or even Doctor Strange. So we, we really need to sit and rework our list or at least make criteria that maybe we just go down a criteria and give it like a four out of five or whatever. And then the final number is how it ranks against the rest of the films. I don't know. We're discussing it. And, um. And also, if you have any ideas for how you'd like us to rank films or whatever, you can always send us an email. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts. But I will, um, I'll go with you on that. Actually, I'll make a concession. Let's shoot it down the middle a little bit. Would you put it above Ray Player One?
1: i don't care dude <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay hey i win <laughs> our new number 10 film is mandy i don't i i can't put it below ready player one that film was just such a disappointment to me yeah but see okay. i I'd,
1: I'd had fun watching ready player one
0: yeah but it was uh, yeah yeah okay then we'll we'll put it um there I'll wasn't above Swiss there Army was Man. way
1: less scenes in ready player one where i was like all right, I get it. Let's get this scene over with. <laughs> you know I what I mean? I think it was
0: just the miss. I think it was just the missed potential. Like I felt like Mandy hit all the correct marks that it needed to to make that film work. Whereas Ray Player One just played it way too safe and didn't didn't try to really <laughs> elevate the we, material.
1: We can't compare the two. <laughs> They're so different. <laughs> of course we can.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll concede with you. I do have it um yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. So number 10 film we will say is Mandy. I'm I'm comfortable with that. Well, if you'd like to share your thoughts on Mandy or share your thoughts on our really fucked up list of films that I'm I'm kind of proud of, uh, please shoot us an email at justokmovies okay at gmail.com. Feel free to also send us a tweet at justokmovies. Okay and I just absolutely love getting all of your messages. Uh, Ty and Mountain, thank you so much for your voicemails. I absolutely love them. Um, I've gotten some tweets just talking about your favorite movies. Uh, we talked about one with the boondock saints. I can't, I'm sorry. I can't remember who uh, we were chatting about it. Talk about our favorite scenes and it was fun. It's a fun movie as well. So I love getting your correspondence and you know what guys, we'll come back at you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you all. See ya. Bye.